What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Now. This week, some great things happened in the baseball world. Baseball started up in China and South Korea, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Today's a Baseball History Wednesday, and today we are going to talk about one of the most heralded players to ever step up onto the plate. Today we are talking about Hank Aaron. Aaron played 21 years for the Braves and has the third most home runs of all time. And his life off the field was just as interesting. This should be a fun one. But before we get into Hammer and Hank, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Henry Louis Aaron was born on February 4th, 1934. He had seven siblings and Tommy Aaron, one of his brothers, also became a baseball player though a bit less successful than Heron. Aaron grew up in Mobile, Atlanta. His family was poor, so they could not afford a baseball or a bat. So, he practiced by hitting bottle caps with sticks. And from an early age, his idol was Jackie Robinson. Years later, he actually got to meet him. Aaron attended Central High School as a freshman and a sophomore. Like most high schools, they didn't have a baseball team, so he joined a local team. In his league, he established himself as a power hitter, and as a result, in 1949, at the age of 15, Aaron had his first trial with an MLB franchise, the Brooklyn Dodgers. However, he did not make the team. After this, Aaron returned to school to finish high school, attending the Josephine Allen Institute, a private school in Alabama. During his junior year, Aaron joined the Perchett Athletics, Then, he joined the Mobile Black Bears, an independent Negro League team. While in the athletics, Aaron earned $3 per game, $99 now, which was a dollar more than he got on the local team. On November 21, 1951, a baseball scout signed him to the Indianapolis Clowns, a Negro League team. The 17-year-old was 6 feet tall, 180 pounds and his hitting impressed the hell out of MLB teams, as he got two offers from two MLB teams. In fact, he was quoted saying, I had the Giants contract in my hands, but the Braves paid 50 more dollars monthly. That's how close we got to Hank and Willie being on the same team. But the Clowns wanted something in return. So, they traded him away for $10,000, which is about $100,000 now. This is dirt cheap for a budding star that was hitting three sixty-six in the league. And he didn't go straight to the MLB. Unfortunately, he had to suffer through the minors like everybody else. They assigned him to the EU Claire Bears, which was very beneficial to his development. That year, he made the Northern League all-star team, and by the end of the season, he played so well, he was a unanimously Rookie of the Year. In 1953, he got his well-deserved promotion to the Jacksonville Braves. The Braves' single-A affiliate, Aaron's strong performance helped them become World Series champions. That year, he was rewarded with his strong efforts as he was named the MVP. A reporter in an article comments, Henry Aaron led the league in everything except hotel accommodations. Aaron's time with the Braves did not come without problems. He was one of the first African Americans to play in the league. The 1950s were a period of racism and racial segregation in the United States, especially in the South. When Aaron traveled around Jacksonville and the surrounding areas, he was often separated from the team because of Jim Crow laws. In most circumstances, the team was responsible for arranging housing and meals for its players, but Aaron often had to make his own arrangements. 
This must have been hard because he was most definitely their best player on their team. In 1954, Aaron attended spring training with the Major League Club. Although he was on the roster of its farm club, Milwaukee manager Charlie Grissom later said, From the start, he did so well, I knew we were going to have to put him on the roster. On March 13, 1954, Milwaukee Braves left fielder Bobby Thompson fractured his ankle, sliding into second base in a spring training game. The next day, Aaron made his first spring training game start for the Braves, Major League team, playing in left field and hitting a home run. This led the Braves to sign a contract with Aaron. Over the next 122 games, Aaron batted 280 with 13 home runs before he suffered a fractured, fractured ankle on September 5th. He then changed his number to 44, which would turn out to be a lucky number for the slugger. In his first couple seasons, he was known to be a good hitter and had plus defense, but this was about to change. In his next season, he hit 314 with 27 home runs and 106 RBIs in 1955. He was named to the All-Star NL roster for the first time. It was the first of a record 21 All-Star selections and first of a record 25 All-Star game appearances. And the next season, he hit 328 and captured his first of two NL batting titles. And the next season was no different. His first and only NL MVP award, and he almost had a triple crown, but he missed out because he was third in average. And the next few seasons were some of his best by any player or anything. In 1963, he almost won the triple crown again. He just kept producing, and he seemed to never get tired. Father Time never got to him. And he kept producing as in 1968 he reached 500 home runs and in 1970 he reached 3,000 hits. Also, that year he set the record for the most 30 plus home run seasons and in 1961 he hit his 600th home run. He only seemed to get better with age. At 37, he hit a career high 47 home runs. This is impossible. I, I just don't get how you do that at age 37. There's been no season even close at that age. And at this point, he was nearing Babe Ruth's home run record. And at this point, he faced racism from almost everywhere. People said that a black man could, should not take the Babe's record. This really hurt him. Some people were so mad they tried to take his life. Aaron, then at age 39, hit 40 home runs in 392 at-bats ending the 1973 season, one home run short of the record. He hit home run numbers 713 on September 29th, and with one day remaining in the season, many expected him to tie the record. But in his final game that year, played against Houston Astros, he was unable to achieve this. After the game, Aaron said his only fear is that he would might not live to the 1974 season. He was the recipient of death threats during the 1973 and 1974 offseason and had a large assortment of hate mail from people who did not want to see him break the Babe's record. And at the end of the 1973 season, Aaron received a plaque from the Postal U.S. Service for receiving more mail, 937 pieces, than any other person excluding politicians. And yes, he eventually did reach that mark and further the gap between him and the Babe. And he also did really just 
somehow find a way to produce at late age and was a different hitter than Babe because he was consistent consistent throughout his career, even though the Babe probably had about 20 more home runs than him every year. Aaron was always consistent, and that's what made him such a good hitter. But I want to talk about how unfair all of this is. As far as I can tell, Aaron was nice and calm, the kind of guy you would want to be around. All of these white people betrayed him as some sort of devil. The fact was that he was able to achieve everything he did in the middle of all that hatred. This is all more amazing and inspiring. And for a hitter that gave inspiration to so many people in his career, it's terrible what he got back from his fans. Thank you so much for listening to this episode all the way through. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, basically anywhere. I'm excited to keep creating content, and I hope you all stay safe. And without further ado, peace out.